Welcome to Beyond the Field, a property and finance series powered by Money Empire. The content you're about to hear is designed to educate and inspire you to tick off your property and finance goals. And when we say beyond the field, we mean your field, whatever that may be. Money Empire is an experienced financial advisory firm with over 10 years experience. We deal in this world day in, day out and want to give you, the loyal listener, exclusive access to behind the scenes of the property and finance industry. We've helped thousands of clients with their financial journeys, everything from first home buyers right through to managing clients with extensive property portfolios from New Zealand and abroad. Each week, BTF includes special guest episodes. We chat with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, sports stars, and the stories of everyday people. Now it is your turn to take back control of your future. So kick back and absorb. My name is Cam Wallstrom, and I'm here with Shane Rode, owner of Lateral Lawyers. How are you, bud? Yeah, great, mate. How are you? Good. Uh, today, we're actually going to um, talk uh, in a legal sense um, for a lot of listeners out there on uh, conveyancing the property title. So, um, first and foremost, when you're when a client comes to you and they're wanting to buy a property, you're obviously getting um, a copy of the title. What are the things you're looking for on their behalf? Well, the record of title, it's, it's just been changed from certificate of title. Record of title is essentially like a share certificate, but for land. And it says sets out um, what the registered proprietor, the owner, will own um, in the property. And it also sets out any uh, restrictions on the use of that uh, property. For example, easements, which grant uh, a third-party access often a neighbour, but sometimes council in terms of rights of way, water, ut- other utilities, and um, there's covenants as well, which are um, essentially terms that come with the property. For example, in, in many subdivisions, there are a lot of covenants regarding the, the image, imagery of the house, the paint scheme, um, how far upwards or horizontally you can build. And then there's other things like obviously mortgages and, and caveats, which we'll get to later. Yeah. So essentially what you're looking for on behalf of a client is looking for anything that may put them out moving forward. And, and it might be that if a client's purchasing a home to look at potentially do some renovations on it, you need to make sure that, Hey, if that is something that they want to do, that then it's not going to restrict them in any way. Yeah. So there's a couple of aspects to it. The way we approach it is first of all, it's a job of informing or enlightening the client as to what they're purchasing in terms of what restrictions, if any, exist. And secondly, we're looking for red herrings or real problem areas that to say, um, because of this, it's really an ill-advised decision to purchase. Or if you do purchase, for example, some of the poorer quality cross-lease titles, uh, buyer beware and it's not the end of the world sometimes but they have to go in with their eyes wide open and that's our job to open those eyes up so they realize what they're actually purchasing yeah we've had clients that um uh, potentially look we're looking at purchasing a a cross-lease property and they're 
the actual backyard was addressed as common area uh, yeah. on the title, which obviously it was fenced off to their house. Their ranch sliding door went out to their backyard, which, like I mentioned, completely fenced in. But on the actual title and the flat plans, it was common area. There's even it's not. Sometimes it's not the end of the world. Um, sometimes what we see is actually more worrying. Uh, really, really old cross leases without what we call restrictive covenants, even setting out the fact that common area or restricted areas actually exist in the first place. So yeah. there is actually no demarcation whatsoever, other than the the outline of the house or the yeah. flat, as they call it, with a cross lease. That's even more worrying. Yeah. So Shane, if you're a listener and you're looking at a property that you want to make an offer on, um, you're obviously highly advised to make it conditional subject to, if you haven't done the due diligence, um, a, a lawyer conveyancing um, the title uh, in first instance. And if they came to you, what would be the first thing that you're asking them around this or, or around this process or what you're looking for from them? So the ADLS standard form agreement has a, what we call a title requisition clause, which allows a relatively narrow set of parameters to, um, to raise objections to the vendor solicitor. And if they don't come back and say, yes, we agree with your assessment of the defect on the title um, and we'll remedy it before settlement and it becomes a term of settlement. Um, but the problem some more exists where you have, for example, that, poor quality cross lease I just explained to you, that actually, believe it or not, doesn't come within the, the, the definition or the ambit of an of a error or misdescription of the title. It's just a poor quality title. For example, if you buy a cheap car from Rick's Automotives in Pamir and it's, um, you know, it turns out that it was a, a really shoddy piece of workmanship that was 33 years old, it's your problem, you should have known. And that's what the lawyer's for to actually walk you through that process. Exactly. You're making them aware of what they're buying, what the ramifications are, and it's up to them being the purchaser, whether they want to carry through with it or not. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, we're talking about, you know, the, the ambit or the, the uh, what I mean by that is that the breadth or the ability to cancel under um, contracts. We just had through actually right now, uh, an agreement dealing with a uh, purchase off the plans and saying it always happens when the market gets really hot. Yeah. Some, some arguably in my opinion, kind of scurrilous or kind of opportunistic um, onerous clauses on behalf of developers trying to really hew people in yeah. so that they don't have a lot of wriggle room in terms of uh, if they don't like something to do with the property. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I just did a, a, a recent, um, a small blog post on undue influence, which you may have seen in terms of, these agents under the REA are actually supposed to get the person to have legal advice first. Yeah. And I just wonder how much that would stand up sometimes if scrutinized or if a good lawyer pushed back hard and said, wait a minute here, old uh, Joe Smith didn't have the chance to talk to me. You've yeah. put this clause in here. We're going to push you pretty hard on this. Yeah. And you know, that that's that industry in general, right? They really want to sail. So they'll try to push it through as hard and fast as possible. Lastly, Shane, is there anything you would add to obviously property titles and conveyancing from, from a legal point of view? Well, there's, there is something I was thinking just before I came on air, Kane. It's that there are changes to the trust act next year. And but those changes don't go as far as requiring under uh, record of records of title uh, issued by LINS to denote the, nature of ownership of um, on the title. For example, if you own with your wife a, a, a property, you have your names on the title, but it won't say as trustees of X trust. 
Now that's a little bit of a uh, um, fallacy, if you like, in the the new new act in the sense that you can have a a property owned by someone who is actually holding on trust for somebody else. So the age old adage about having it in the trust, it is actually a good thing to do. If you're in business, like a lot of our clients are, we act for a lot of entrepreneurs. It's just, you know, the, the barrister firm that share, we share our floor with constantly come across when they're going to pursue someone and say, do they have any property on lens? Yep. So it is definitely a good thing to have your assets in a trust. Absolutely. Shane, uh, as always, uh, expert comments uh, are fantastic for the listeners. Any questions, obviously, um, you can jump on our website or contact Shane Direct, direct on Lateral Lawyers. Um, he's tagging to this post, uh, so you will have all his information. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on this episode and hundreds more, you can visit us at Beyond the Field Podcast on all social platforms. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Now it's your turn to take control and build your empire beyond your field.